things going on. You trees are on. Just go. Okay. Thank you. Well, that was a great sunny stint. And he remains just a wonderful, wonderful gift to me in terms of music. He's an unbelievable sunny stint with blues greasy. I like it. This is from his 1957 album, Personal Appearance, with Bobby Timmons on piano, Edgar Willis on double bass, Kenny Dennis on drums, and, of course, Sonny Stitt on saxophone. Stitt was born in Boston and blossomed musically in the bebop and hard bop eras, with a style all his own. Recording more than 100 albums as a tenor and alto saxophonist. He suffered a heart attack and died in Washington, D.C. on July the 22nd, 1982. He was 58 years old and literally in his prime. Musically, there's no question about it. If you haven't heard of Sonny Stitt, that's a piece of the homework you have to do. Go find his music and just spend the day listening to this incredible musician and artist. So we're going to give you a little update. We are starting officially as it turns out, on Monday with a new program, not the new program, but a new time for the program. And I'm hoping that between now and Monday, you will call your very favorite people and let them know that there's going to be a little bit of a reallocation of time and it's going to be the same old thing as we get together again. In that sense, same old thing. Good vibes being spread all around. And from Monday, we just continue with the new program and the new time slot. And I just want you to make some calls to the people in your circle and let them know this is what's happening. I'm delighted to be part of this process. I'm delighted to be asked to be part of the process, too. Okay. So some questions that should provoke some serious thinking on your part before you give us the answer, of course, because we, we want some answers from you, too. All right. So here's a question. Which declared presidential candidates need to be dumped, and why? Which declared presidential candidates need to be dumped, and why, in your opinion? As you see it, as you see it, what is the greatest threat to economic stability right now? As you see it, what is the greatest threat to economic stability right now? Of course, meaning in the United States. And the third question in this part I would ask is, How do we get out of the economic mess that we're in? Any thoughts on that? 
how do we get out of the economic mess that we are in? We're not hearing too much talk about these things. But you know, eventually somebody's going to have to say something. But we don't have to wait. We could ask the question, and we can put forward our ideas, our answers to the question as well. 888-874-4888. Let me know which question you're answering today. And there are more. More calls you could make later on in the second half of the program. But let's start off with these. These are some pretty heavy questions. And as you know, the presidential campaign is off and running. Uh, or oh, it's off. Some people are running. <laughs> but what does that mean to you? What are your thoughts as the presidential races are getting ready to go national and and ask people to, for their support and so forth, but not necessarily asking questions and not necessarily willing to answer them. But we can do that here. 888-874-4888. Which question will you want to tackle? Let us know. Who's up first? Oh, you're slow on the draw. You're getting old. We gotta give you some more, uh, whatever, glucosamine chondroitin in your in your bones to get you to move faster. What question are you going to answer right now? At eight 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 seven four four eight eight eight. And of course, we want to know what your answer is. What is your version of the answer that we need to seek out? and see whether we agree with it or not. Okay, I'm not hearing anybody. Gwen from New York. Gwen from New York, you're on the air. Hi, Gwen. How are you doing? I've been working so hard. I'm so glad I have a day off. Yay. (laughs) Yay. You too. I'd like this. I'd like to answer all the questions, but I'll take the first one. I'm going to take the uh, president, okay? Uh, I, okay. Can, can, we, can we dump two presidents? I'd like to dump president. Uh, I'd like to dump Trump, and, and I'd like to dump you Biden. Because I want, I want Bobby Kennedy to win. <laughs> oh, wow. So go ahead. Tell us the question that you're answering, and then, of okay. course, tell us what you're uh, answering. You asked... You, you asked uh, if if I thought uh, if we thought a one of the presidential candidates, well, which one should be dumped? And uh, seriously, uh, I w- would really hope that Trump would be dumped uh, for you know a lot of a, a myriad of reasons. But really, my real reason is because I know that there are people that. Um, because of the vaccines that would go over and support Bobby Kennedy if he would get out of the race. And I think Bobby Kennedy is an excellent candidate. He's younger than the other two. He's much more scholarly. Um, he, he really had so far, everything I've heard is very, very good and, and will lead us on a completely different road. I mean, but Trump, Trump, in my opinion is, is a criminal. He's about to be indicted. They're all criminals, but he's going to be indicted. I believe but really, uh, I, I just think that, you know, if we can get rid of him, then I, maybe Kennedy would uh, be able to defeat Biden pretty, pretty easily and get right in there. Well, you have everything nicely packaged and wrapped up neatly. Do you think whatever it is you're suggesting would actually work? I think it would work because I'm sure right now Bobby Kennedy is polling between, according to WMYC Propaganda Radio, uh, they gave this huge margin of 8 to 21%, but I believe it's uh, closer to 21% is where he's polling. He's polling from both sides. He's polling Democrats and he's polling Republicans. So, uh, most of, so, so I believe uh, that if get, getting Trump out of the way, I'm sure that people that are supporting Trump would not uh, support Biden. So I believe that if that was the one that we got out of the way, that Kennedy would uh, pull over those votes and, and maybe he could, uh, he could pull off a win. 
why is it that Kennedy is not really about his voice or anything like that? Okay, there's just why is he not coming across as forcefully uh, and as clearly as I was hoping that he would and lay his case out? Well, I, I actually, Eugene, I have found it very, very hard to find him anywhere uh, being interviewed about this, except for WNYC Radio, which was so so rude and biased, and it was it was a smear campaign right from the get go. I mean, it, you know. Would you ever call your guests a, a, a name before you actually got them on there and started to interview them? I mean, it was very low, and it, to me, it was very unprofessional. And uh, that just, to me, shows how insecure they are about this person uh, getting in there. Everyone, almost everyone that I know of, uh, when I tell them he's running, first of all, they didn't know. And secondly, they say, oh, I'm going to vote for him. They didn't even think about it. I'm going to vote for him. So uh, he has a very strong chance, but I think that um, the media, uh, the only way they're going to cover him is in, in dirt <laughs> or tar and feathers. That's the way they're covering him. It's, and so when, when you hear him interviewed, really what you're hearing is constant attacks with him having to defend his position. Always being, uh, always uh, trying to belittle him or make him look like, uh, you know, somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. Um, at least that's what I've heard so far in the small amount of coverage that I have seen. Now, I, I don't get cable TV, so I might be missing a lot over there. Uh, but I have not seen him on ABC, NBC, or CBS at all. At all. Hmm. And that's a big part of the population that watches TV. There are lots and lots of people that just watch TV the way I do. I mean, I listen to the radio. I'm not paying for a cable, so I don't. I don't get it. But uh, if you're listening to if you're listening to cable, usually you are plugged in. You know, as a you know, you're plugged in to CNBC. If you're a Democrat, you're plugged into Fox News. If you're a Republican, and you're just kind of following what you like to watch. So, uh, and they each have taken. Um, I, I don't know what the Fox uh, point of view is on Kennedy. Uh, but I know CNN uh, hates him, and they don't want him there. So anything that you're going to see so far has been very, very biased. The only thing I could say is that, you know, the people that did this last time did it with Trump, and they thought they were really smart Alex, and they thought that, you know, Americans were basically morons, and they could tell them what to think and tell them what to do. And it totally backfired, and I truly believe the reason why we got Trump was because they never shut up about Trump. You know, good press and bad press are the same thing. So for the most part, no press is the most dangerous part. And that's what I see Kennedy getting, no press. And that's really a shame because, I, I, as I said, you know, I, I just talk to people at work. And I talk to people that are not political. And they are, they, when I tell them, they're really, really happy. They really like that, that, that change that, 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 you know, they just they, they just feel very positive about it from the little bit they know about him. But, you know, uh, I, I wish that we could see a very fair and unbiased. I, I don't mind an interview that is um, challenging, but I really take issue with um, the sophomore, immature uh, way that I have heard um, people that are interviewing Bobby Kennedy do their job. It's almost like it's like a smear fest. They start out with calling him a conspiracy theorist and an anti-vaxxer. He's not an anti-vaxxer. He's had all his vaccines, except for he didn't take this COVID one. But he's also studied it. He really understands what they're about. So from that point of view, he has something to offer people. And, you know, for people across America like myself who have autistic children, and many, many people in this country have autistic children, this is the only person that's really addressing this issue and seeing how serious it is. And it is serious because what do we do with these children as they get older and the parents die and the brothers and sisters are unwilling to take care of them? It's a real dilemma. And we have, I don't know how many, but I know there's, it's gotta be at least, you know, millions. And I know that in our, my own family, I have an autistic nephew and I know that it has been an incredible stress on everybody. Every, everybody's lives changed in our family because this happened to this, this young man. And it all happened after my sister took him in at six months to get these vaccines. And 
you know, I've read Bobby Kennedy's book or I've read, uh, you know, a lot of it. And it's the, the, the tipping point for autism, which used to be almost non-existent, was from the uh, 80s into the 90s. And that's where you see the majority of these autistic, these huge spikes in autism. It's also when we change the uh, the the, um, the uh, vaccine rate, how many how many were we going to give the kids, and what the vaccines had in them. I, I guess America is okay. just afraid. So could you, of could you summarize and tell us, remind us of your position so far? What is it? Well, my position so far, from a strategic point of view, is that if President Trump were not in the race, that Bobby Kennedy wouldn't have to do a lot to knock Joe Biden out of the race. So, from my point of view, it's Trump that has to be. T- uh, t- I'd really like to see him exit the race. I don't see a lot of problems with with, with Biden or or the other one. I don't think of Biden as a very strong candidate. So, but I would look forward to having uh, somebody with um, this kind of scholarly background and and um, and his experience. I would really like to see this kind of breath of fresh air come into the White House. Okay, well, let's let's see how it turns out. But thank you thank for giving you. us a, a, a couple of pointers there to consider. 888-874-4888. And we're looking for some answers from you today about how this race is developing, who would you recommend should be just dumped, and who should continue on this race because you think they have something important to offer. 888-874-4888. Who's up next? Darius from Nassau County. Harriet? Darius from Nassau County. Oh, Darius. Hello, Darius. How are you? You're on the air. Good afternoon. She's good afternoon, Pierre and family. Thank I can ask a few of these questions. You too. Um, I feel um, all of the above could be dumped. All of the above? Yes. Because why are you so why so severe? Because it, it, it's it, it seems that the, the the political machine in America now takes the people of America for fools or just, I say, um, other ignorant people of, of, of politics, because what have they really have done to help the people? And they talk down to us. They're, they're not doing, saying how, how it's supposed to, where they talk about democracy, but it's, I have made this point before that they're not doing what, the majority of the the Americans want. They're just saying, well, this is our agenda or this is the, the side we're standing on and this is what you need. And you need to elect me. You understand? So it's not well, basically... But isn't, that, isn't that understandable? That's what uh, electioneering is all about. <laughs> elect me. If people are uh, strutting their stuff before uh, a public uh, that is poised to vote, and they're doing their very best to attract attention and support. Why do you find that objectionable? Because what what, what they have shown us is that if anything goes right now in politics, you have Donald Trump, who's, who's, who's running again, and nobody's asking the big question of like, why is he running it again? Because he wants to pardon himself. So that is his key agenda of running again. And nobody is talking about that part of it. And they, 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 they touch on it a little bit. You know, they skate on the edges. You know how it go. You choose, they'll skate around the side and, you know, oh, well, you know, he's running and he's going to face another indictment this week and he got a letter from the Raider. What will they do? Huh? What? According to you, what will they do? Skate around the edges. They don't. <laughs> they don't want to step inside the, no, the argument. Oh my God! But listen, isn't that part what politics has become? It's a contest 
It's everybody, you know, parading in front of the the public, the voting public, and asking in so many different ways, as many different ways as they can, vote for me. I'm the one. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. But what have the people have gotten from that? Just more, more of the same, no matter who it is. You see, I noticed that Donald Trump, and you said this before, and I got it from your show, and I had to deeply think about it for years, and you was like, he's going to destroy the Republican Party. But guess what? He's destroying the whole entire system of politics and government, you trees, because people are trying to, you got another set of people, our candidates, trying to siphon off his little 75 million votes, or his 75 million people, or their money, or their donorship, or, or the ideology, because... I'm noticing that with with all the other candidates, they're they're uh, they're just stepping into what they could take away from Trump or what he's doing, and they're feeling that little wave, and they're taking it and going. You got you have um, podcasters. He's become big political business news and media at the same time, and nobody is noticing. It's like this man. It, I, well, as you said to the other guy yesterday, he's not a genius, but I think. Either somebody around them or people standing on the, out, the outskirts are saying, okay, this is what he's doing. I'm going to try a little bit of that to, 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 to siphon, some off, siphon off some of his, 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 his followers. And that's what's going but on. Aren't you kowtowing? Aren't, aren't you yielding to what it is you just defined as everybody pretty much out of control? Uh, is there no candidate so far in your view Presenting a logical or uh, a, even a, a, a doable agenda. No, you choose because they're not. I, I mean, wow. politics, you lie. And what it is, is they're not telling. Uh, I think I'm stating this before. They're not telling the people how they're going to get it. They're just going to say, I'm going to do something. But they're not speaking about how. And they're not speaking of the, the the ways and the means of how to get it done, because you know you got a a, 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 a senate and a congress, and you know how that works already. Or I mean, most people probably do not know how it works, but they can't really get anything done without that. Without them, you could do executive orders, they could overturn it. You know, it's it's a lot of politics. But they're just, yeah, as I said, I think they're just people yelling in the United States. That's that comes with the territory. So why are you, you're sounding particularly perturbed today, and I'm wondering what is, what is uh, just creeping under your, your, your nails and irritating you like this? Because it, it, it's, it's not even, it's not even the, the, the politicians anymore, Etrice. Have you ever seen the show? I don't know if you might have seen it with Bill Bellamy. I think How to Be a Player, and he was talking to his uncle at the barbecue in the backyard, and they were speaking on a particular um, thing about women, and he was like, they want to be played. The American people want to be played. And they're just keeping, we're calling out this guy, oh, this guy got the thing. But it, these people are not really pushing what the American agenda or what we want because we need jobs. Do you, do you know that they said ninety um, percent of the unemployment rate that just came out last month was black? Ninety percent. That's a serious problem. Nobody really. Everybody, as I say, they dance around the edges of that in the media too. But if it was if it was white, you know, it'd been oh my god, this economy. We need to get things done. We need to do something. The people are suffering. And the street is burning. But no, it's like, oh, okay, that's another Tuesday in America. That's another Tuesday. So those are- when all is said and done, how close are you to making up your mind as to which way you're going to go in terms of voting? At this point, Eutrice, and it's sad to say, but I, I remember you saying a few years ago that you just basically just walked away from this thing because, you know, it's... It actually, it it, it, it just it, it drives you mad, and I don't want to become mad because I'm getting angry. So I'm like, you know what? I, I think I'm just going to just step back from this thing. You have some good brain cells still left. You need to protect them, okay? They need to yeah, last. I, I can't. All right. Yeah, it, 
I can't deal with these people. You got Kanye, you got uh, Cornell West, you got Kennedy, and they just he, they're just talking. Kennedy, he, he came out the other day and said some outlandish, oh, the coronavirus didn't affect uh, Jews and, 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 I mean, it didn't affect Jews and Chinese. And, you know, the backlash wasn't that crazy. And then his wife has a party. She came out and apologized. And then his wife had a, a event at the house and said, oh, yeah, you got to be vaccinated to attend. So where do you stand, Mr. Kennedy? Or is it just meant mm-hmm. to fool the people? You see, people are not really looking into these, these things that's really happening. Right, They're doing it right in front of us, and it's like, hey, whatever, man. He, he says it. He talks a good game. He's a good politician. Will things change between now and the actual election day? Is it? Do you expect anything different, or do you fear that it would just be more of the same? It's going to be more of the same, Latrice, because they're they're not they're, they're not uh we we blew we had chances to to let say bring America back or take America back or however Trump said it and with the, with the coronavirus and China shutting down and we could have brought some manufacturing jobs back they blew it they all blew it and that's the problem you you cannot be the great nation and, and you're importing everything and and all of the good manufacturing jobs that paid people and these people wanted to keep all the money and didn't want to pay no benefits and no pensions. But nobody talks about this because, you know, you can't say things like that because big business is going to send you any money. So it's the well, I, appreciate, I appreciate your passion today. I could tell you that. I haven't heard you so riled up in a long time. But That's you're true. riled up <laughs> now. And, uh, I'm hoping that the next time we talk, mm-hmm. you would have a, a clear a line of demarcation as to where you're going to go. Where will you land if you're going to land anywhere at all in this election? And what would be the fuel that will take you there? What would drive you and, and cause you to think about your position? Um, I would love to know how it's unfolding in your head right now. And you, you were very, very brave to tell us what you're thinking. And I can understand it. I really do. I really understand it. But I was a bit, I must admit, I was a bit taken aback by the, 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 the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The disillusionment in mm-hmm. your voice today. I hadn't heard that before, and it's it's a telling change in your tone today, which means that you've been thinking really hard about some things, some choices that you think you will have to make. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna think. I think I need a few more months or a few a little bit more time, as, as the Bougie Bonton sign would say, just a little more time because I don't. Uh, it's just it's like it's 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 still chaos. It's chaos. It's nothing. It's nothing steady. It's just chaos until it comes down to the final yes. and we start to see what's the real brass tacks, which is I feel more the same. But that's I digress on that. Well, you you did phenomenally well. You were very clear as to where your mind is right now. You're still evaluating. You're still waiting to hear something substantive. You're not hearing mm-hmm. it yet. You're mm-hmm. still waiting to distinguish one candidate from another, and you're still waiting to see whether the voting public would, in fact, teach all of them the lesson this year, this election mm-hmm. year. Thank you, Darius, for, for contributing today. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. All right. I think many, many, many of us are with Darius in terms of how we are approaching this election. We are confused by the signals that we are getting. What is it that these people plan to do? What is the the, the priority uh, list looking like? And is there any way that we have some kind of influence over this? Or do we just wait to see how the bricks fall? 
888-874-4888. Let's hear from someone else. Who's calling? Marcus from Wisconsin. Marcus, from Wisconsin, you're on the air. Good afternoon, you trees. How are you? I'm hanging in there, Marcus. How are you? Oh, I got my wojo working. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you got your wojo working. Today, All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take it in kind of a lump because your, your three questions basically cover the ground of who's doing what, what are they doing, and who's enabling it. And they're all bound up in that question. Uh, you and I, are, I think, are roughly contemporaries uh, in age, and uh, I don't recognize... I'm just 18, Marcus, really. I'm a young person. I'm 18. Every morning when I wake up, I'm seven, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I recognize no president of the United States uh, until it's revealed who killed John F. Kennedy and who paid to have it done. And it's not because I love JFK. I didn't. It's because I'm not a fool. The purpose of presidential campaigns is to take independent, all all politics is to take the possibility of independent social movement and drive it back into the authoritarian control of the state. That's what it's for. So uh, the question of what they're doing, what, what, how, what's the greatest problem for the economy? We spent a trillion dollars in one month for murder and war. Uh, take Afghanistan. We killed a million people. Uh, spent $32 million a day doing it created 5 million refugees, created 97% poverty. The heroin trade in the world went from zero to 90%. We paid for the creation of, for so freaks like Richard Armitage can create front companies like Dine Corp and hire lots of child sex slaves. Well, they paid a fine for that. Well, we're the ones enabling all of that. And since 9-11, the U.S. has used all the illegal weapons that are internationally banned, white phosphorus, chemical, biological, radiological, incendiary, cluster munitions. We're sending them to Ukraine right now. Right. And we don't just fund our military spending. We, we fund... You and I and and all your listeners fund much of the military spending in the world. We support all the West's military uh, budgets. We're uh, we've spent one hundred and eighty billion dollars just since Biden's been office been in office on Ukraine, and we've been funding the Nazis over there since 2014. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Just as an aside, one of my sources for information about what goes on in the world is I've I've told you about shortwave radio and you have to analyze Mm -hmm. what people in the world are saying. But I also have read for many years human rights reports, and I don't mean the usual suspects like Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch, which are almost government agencies by now. But over the last 20 years, the the people who are actually oppressed by all of this that we're willingly paying for, their attitude has changed. Uh, It used to be that they made a distinction between the U.S. government and the population of the U.S., which they considered just like everybody else. 
And the problem was the U.S. government. But they don't make that distinction anymore. As of about 15 years ago, they, since Bush, really, they started to say, well, wait a minute, the U.S. population, why are they enabling this? They don't even protest. They don't do anything. They're part of it. So when, so as you see the world forming another block of power, another geopolitical block, remember, you're on the hook. They hold you responsible. You, we love to play the game of, oh, well, if I can just elect, you know, the next uh, human tumor like Trump or Biden or somebody, Asa, for God's sake, Hutchinson is running, uh, uh, that this will, this will shield me from the repercussions of what I am allowing every day. It won't. That's over. The world has its eye on us. We will pay for this. So the question about uh, uh, who's doing it, of course, it's our willing participation in this Punch and Judy show put on by rich freaks for the benefit of people who are willingly ignorant. And so they're going to trot out Trump and Cornell West and, uh, you know, maybe our uh, bizarro Albert Schweitzer, Bill Gates out there someday. And by the way, uh, always use a Kennedy to take an incipient social movement and derail it. As I said, you remember. Remember what Kennedy did to uh, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee? Remember that? Yes. Well, well, now they're throwing uh, now they're throwing his son out there. Uh, Henry said on a call yesterday. He said, "You know, Trump said he could kill somebody in public and get away with it." Well, guess what? RFK's uncle did it. He killed somebody and got away with it because they all get away with it. It's not unique to Trump. These are the people you think are going to protect you and give you a sane life. They aren't going to. So, All right. I'm now going to ask you to answer a very vital question. You, You laid out your case. I can't argue... With, with most of it. I can't because it happens to be relevant. It happens to be true. It happens to be documented. Mm-hmm. So what? What now? These things that you have put before us for our consideration, let's just say we appreciate a reminder. But now what is the solution? What is the next step that needs to be taken? Excellent. This has always been the point. If we want a healthy structure for the country, for the world, if if we're going to make an attempt at a sane social order, do we think we've got the guts for that? Uh, Because, you know, if we do this ourselves, and that's what we're going to have to do, we're going to have to get rid of the go-betweens, the brokers, the representatives who always end up as your masters, dump the experts, and you make everything subject to public referendum. The public is going to have to take over the job of governing and take it away from rich freaks. In fact, there is no reason that rich people should be allowed to be rich. They contribute nothing. They simply steal from you. Now, do we have the guts for the job of doing that? We haven't yet. It's in 10,000 years we haven't done it, but this is still the task, whether we like it or not. Uh, the great Thucydides, point, I think, had the key. He said, uh, if, if, you, 
if you separate in a society your warriors and your scholars, your thinking will be done by cowards and your fighting will be done by fools. That's what we have. We have to, we have to realize that this is ours to win, that unless we do it, it won't happen. It will not happen. So we've got to quit pretending that earthly gods will do the work that is properly ours. Now, what does a society like that look like? Okay, let's start that discussion. I'll bet we could. In, I'll bet we could have lots of excellent visualizations of how to do it and how to carry it out. But you've got to stop uh, uh, delegating your power and your ideas to uh, and waiting for others to do it waiting for power systems to do it, to wait for experts and representatives. They won't. They never will. They, uh, they're spending a trillion dollars in the space of a month on corruption. The, the, the Pentagon just failed its fifth audit. Why would they give that up? Why would they? They aren't going to unless you force them to. Get that understand that because there's no way around it and we'll have these endless discussions polit- pointless political discussions forever frank frankly i am not uh I- i'm not a christian i'm not a religious person but when i hear these constant discussions about trump and and the elections i, I think of the 13th chapter of hebrews and the 8th verse Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Let's drop it. Hmm. Let's grow up and you better, do you better watch out for lightning on your way home. <laughs> <laughs> watch out, Marcus, for the lightning bolt. It's coming for you. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for that lightning bolt, and it's zeroing in. (laughs) Well, we're chuckling a little bit because it's one way to distract from the resonance within us listening to what you have had to say today, and it's very deep and very jarring. It's not an easy thing to listen to. No, it, it, it's on it point. Is. It's on point. And we should also en- en- encourage ourselves to become a little braver. Because we, we keep asking, well, how much stuff do I have to lose? I'm going to lose a lot if I put myself out there. We have to take initiative because if we are in in many ways, messengers of a message that had been buried for so long, and nobody wants to bring it back out into the open, in as much as we have people like you who would take the lead in this and take a very uh, significant role in sharing the ideas, getting people more and more used to the the new ideas as a, a new kind of comfort zone <laughs> and throwing out those things that no longer pertain would not help us uh, move forward. I think, I think you have to seriously consider uh, doing a little bit more teaching. I, I think you did a fantastic job today. I think everybody did. By getting out of their systems things that have been locked in there for so long and they couldn't put a name to it. They couldn't give it an identity. They couldn't talk about its relationship to our everyday lives and what we are hoping for as a society and big, big issues like that. But the time seems to be here. The time has come to level with ourselves about what, it is 
that is brewing and has been brewing inside us a truth we cannot avoid and that we have a major responsibility to bring to everyone's attention, to share it. I, I, I'm stunned by your contribution today. And yet, I'm not, because this is, this is you, quintessential you. I want to thank you so much for poking us, poking us, just needling us, getting us uncomfortable with the comfortable space that we have come to, to yearn for and to be comfortable in. And we don't want that to change because it means we have more work ahead of us. And so what? We can't be afraid for the rest of our lives. We just can't. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I Thank agree. You for if, your if I could just, if I could just end by saying, if this sounds like, oh, it'll be chaos if we do this, is it not chaotic now? <laughs> Can it be more chaotic than it is? If we attempt to build an actual society ourselves, of course we're going to make mistakes. Uh, we'll do things wrong. You know, a person can recover from a punch in the mouth. You'll heal from that. But long-term, the long-term political syphilis that we have ruins what? the, the wait, 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 wait. body of a society. What did you just say? What did you just call it? Long-term? Uh, long-term political syphilis. Oh, my God. That is not a pretty picture. That's, no. Well, that might be accurate, but it's not pretty. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not. It, the, our I, politics thank you is so a much. pollutant. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, you, Trace. No, thank you. As always. Thank, thank you, you all. I, I love it that people really give it a strong effort to lay the case out and without fear and without feeling you know, hemmed in to any particular political ideology, but just common sense, common sense, because you're thinking, and you certainly have the right to do that. Think it, think it out loud, share it with us. I love this. This, this really makes me feel so happy inside. Thank you so much, Marcus, for calling in and contributing today. 888-874-4888. What is on your mind today that you would like to share about this thing that we routinely call the president? And we see everybody has an entirely different take on it. And that is because they're thinking. They're putting two and two together. They're making sense of the nonsense that we have to grapple with every day and pretend that we understand this very, very well. We don't. We're searching for answers just like everybody else. So who's up next? Let me see. You, Teresa, have Muhammad from New York. Muhammad. How are you, Muhammad? Are you there? Muhammad from New York. We didn't lose you, did we? Okay. Perhaps you should call back again. It looks like we lost you. 888-874-4888. You, Therese, you have Jackie from Brooklyn. Yes. I'm sorry, Jackie. Jackie okay, from Brooklyn. we have Jackie. Okay. Thank you, Jackie, for your call. You hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yes, How are you? Good afternoon. Good. How are you? I'm just as good as you today. I feel much better today. Yeah. Well, I you sound wonderful, yes. and, and the certain callers seem to add the light to your life. So I think that adds to your, uh, your continued yes. recovery. I love it when people lay out in a methodical way 
what they have been thinking and why they have been thinking it and mm-hmm. present it. I mean, we are free to say, okay, I'll take it or I could leave it. But it is a, an act of bravery to share the innermost thoughts that you have. And that's a statement in and of itself about how people on this program, I found people are ready to share. It's very intimate thoughts. So what are you sharing today? I wanted to make a comment before I share. I I can understand Darius's frustration. Um, I think his frustration arises from, you know, the lack of information and he's still, uh, he's concerned about, you know, what, what the future will bring for people in this country. He talked about it was 90,000, 90% black unemployment. I mean, that is a, that is the issue that people of color and other people should be concerned about. But anyway, I want to go to Marcus. Most of the time, uh, Marcus is, uh, you know, very eloquent. And most of the things he says, I agree with. I couldn't quite understand his quoting the Hebrews. I didn't understand what he was trying to liken um, that Trump it will always be the same. I didn't quite understand what his point was. Did you understand his point? When he, well, when he, he uh, got a little bit biblical so there for a minute, but I think it was to illustrate the fact that we simply wouldn't take responsibility for originating our own thinking. And we, we look to other sources that may or may not be connected to us in any way. And we adopt yeah. that right. thing exactly. and apply it to our situation. Yeah, okay. I agree with that uh, that concept, but I don't agree with... I didn't. I thought he was liking Hebrews 13 to Trump. I couldn't get... Uh, I couldn't understand what he was trying to, to lead to. But anyway, um, my position about all of this is that uh, I, I think Brother David has taught us well. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, and I'd like to refer to Malcolm X, whether left wing or the right wing is all part of the same bird. So Brother David constantly is telling us, like, in his prophetic way about the ruling class, and the oligarchy, and that's whoever gets in, they're going to be uh, serving that that function in government. I agree. We that have to hold it people... there. We have to hold it there because we're out of time. Uh-huh. As you know, I always find a way to add on to your presentation. Perhaps we can try that tomorrow. I will try. I will try. You be well. Thank you. Be well. Uh Thank you. You too. Well, that brings us to the end of our program today. Quite a lot to ponder, quite a lot to analyze and think about. And yet, we're not even scratched. We haven't even scratched the surface. We have more to go. So let's meet up again tomorrow and do some more talking and listening and thinking. Bye-bye.